you know, during this pandemic, we found ourselves cut off from the world. We've lost some of our comforts, which things have been stripped back away from us. And I'm sure if you were like me, this has unearthed some things inside of me, some some good things and some bad things. And, you know, maybe they've always been there, but I've found themselves just lately come to the surface. If you think about it, we're good at distraction. There's always something to rob us of our attention. We're good at finding things to do and take us away from ourselves. And yet here we are now with just ourselves. For some, this is a good thing. For others, perhaps not so good. It's brought on all kinds of emotions and difficulties. Our souls are finding room. What was once hidden and suppressed has the space now to come to the top. And it's our souls that dictate who we are. They dictate how we live, they dictate how we react, and they dictate how we cope to the season that we're in. There's a little book in the Old Testament called um, Habakkuk. And it's a conversation between Habakkuk, a prophet, and God. And it's about the sin of Israel and everything that's going on. And Habakkuk, he dialogues with God. He cries out to God, what are you doing about this situation? He says, look at what they're doing. Why don't you do something? God replies and tells them that it's, it's all in hand and to just sit and wait and not to panic. He, he tells Habakkuk that he's going to use a group of people called the Chaldeans to bring judgment upon Israel. This wasn't what Habakkuk had in mind. The Chaldeans were actually enemies of Israel and Habakkuk couldn't get his head around why God would use the enemies of Israel to do such a thing. And then in, in chapter two uh, and, and starts at chapter two, we, we read this. It says, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to his complaint. Verse two says, then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that the herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. And then verse four says, see, he is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous will live by faith. In the New American Standard Bible, that same verse, verse four reads, behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right within him, but the righteous will live by his faith. The English Standard Version reads that same verse. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright with him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. And then the Message Version puts it like this. And this is my favourite of, uh, of, of verse four in chapter two in Habakkuk. It says, look at that man, bloated by self-importance, full of himself, but soul empty. But the person in right standing before God through loyal and steady believing is fully alive, really alive. Alive. 
So to be fully alive, to be really alive, is to walk with God faithfully. When you walk this way, you are not soul empty, but you are soul full. To be soul full, we need to grow in relationship with God, to become more Christ-like. So when people see you, they see Christ. When you're full of yourself, you have an empty soul and they see the world and all its brokenness. Soul full is about learning. It's about following. It's about growing. It's about discovering. And it all starts with our souls, who we are on the inside. Our soul is our heart and it's it's our will, it's our thoughts and it's our mind, it's our body, it's our desires and it's intricately woven into each other. And very often when one is out of kilter, some other part of us is also affected. A few years ago, myself and Hannah jumped in our little Ford Fusion and we jumped uh, together with three of our children then on our way to Cornwall. We were travelling from Kidderminster, a journey that should have taken only four hours. We jumped into the car and not long did we get to our first roundabout and I pulled up and the car started shaking. I don't know if you've ever been in a shaky car, but I looked at Hannah and she looked at me and we weren't too sure what was going on. And I looked at the children and they were oblivious because they were so young. And I got out of the car and I checked the tyres and I kicked the car and I checked the exhaust pipe and the car was still running. So I thought, well, we'll get to Cornwall. And so we jumped in and we... We set on our way. Slowly the car began to lose power, but the shaking continued. And I think for for quite some time we didn't reach over 30 miles an hour until we went downhill and we doubled in speed. But we got there. What should have taken us four hours took eight hours to get to Cornwall. But we were so set on arriving there. Once we got there, we put the car into some gar- into the garage and uh, we ended up paying £400 um, to, for them to sort the car out so we could get back. But well, I just kept going and I neglected what was actually driving the car. Not once did I look at the bonnet. And if you think about it, we're all good at that, aren't we? We fail to look under the bonnet of our lives and we just expect to keep going. But all the time on this journey called life, we get damaged, we get worn out and we just expect to keep going. But all the time, something's going on underneath. And I believe for each one of us, it's time for us to look under the bonnet. It's time to see what damage is in us, what what is what is affecting us, how are we affected and and how we can fix it. It's time to get soulful, to be a people that thrive in all circumstances and all situations because our souls are in a healthy place. A healthy soul doesn't react to everything that's going on around it because it is at calm and at peace with itself. A soulful life is a soul that is fixed, a soul that is well, 
a soul that is supported and nourished by God and his spirit. And we have to come to a place where we are willing to have a look, to take some things away, to repair the brokenness. And we have to begin to care for our souls. There's a great story in the Gospel of John between a, uh, a conversation between uh, Jesus and a, a woman. It's an interesting story because the lady didn't want to be um, discovered. She went out at the hottest part of the day to draw water from the well. She's got some things going on in her life that leave her thirsty, but just not um, physically thirsty. And immediately in the conversation, they begin to talk about thirst and Jesus addresses her thirst. And he says this, he says in verse 13, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. We are all thirsty and there is a desire in all of us for this thirst to be quenched. And it's a thirst of the soul. And we can drink from many different places that the world would offer us, but we will always be thirsty. And Jesus says, whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. To care for our souls to become soulful, it has to be centred around Christ for it to last. There is nothing around and available that we can use or we can do to care for our souls that, we, that will last. If we look anywhere else, we will always be thirsty. But Christ offers us something that the world cannot. Jesus alone will fill your soul. Nothing else will satisfy. To be soul full is to be in an ongoing relationship with Jesus. Not a one moment or event kind of thing, but it's an ongoing relationship with Jesus himself. For 10 years now, I have been married to my wife, Hannah. If 10 years ago we went out on our first date, we shared a meal, we had a great time and then we continued in our relationship with each other with, act with actually not communicating to each other, I wonder where our relationship would be because our relationship the last 10 years has taken time, it's taken communication. And our walk with Jesus takes time and it takes communication. To grow in spiritual health takes time. It takes prayer. It takes space. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to get back to the gym when this is all over. I, I've really missed it. For the moment, the gym have suspended my subscription a subscription means that I can go to my gym whenever I want. I can use the equipment that, that they have whenever I want and I can take full advantage of what is available to me. 
if I'd have only went to the gym once, set up a payment plan and then failed to return, I, I wouldn't be taking advantage of what was available to me. I wouldn't be able to, to moan to anybody if I hadn't had if I hadn't lost any weight or, or, or grown in my fitness. If I'm not using what is available to me and I'm in the same place, the same rut, then I'm only damaging myself. This series, Soulful, is about taking advantage of what is available to us freely available to us. It's about the, 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 the practical aspect of our lives, the, the spiritual areas of our lives, the emotional areas of our lives, all feeding into our souls. So we become soul full. And each week we, we want to leave you with something to do, to give you a question to wrestle with, a, a challenge to take up or a, a practice to start. And this week at the start of our new series and this journey that we will be on, we, we all need to start looking underneath the hood of the car. And the best way to do that is to find some space, find some quiet in your day and have a look. It'd be great if you could find a notebook, a, a journal and begin to journey ahead with your journal. And, and for now, this week, ask yourselves these two questions. Number one, how well is my soul? What do you feel when you ask yourself that question? Uh, what do you sense? What do you hear? What memories come to mind? What is it that is brought up in you when you ask yourself that question? How well is my soul? And I want you to write it down. Just be open, just be honest and, and get it on paper. And to, just to see where you are. And the second question that I would like you to think about this week is what am I thirsting for? Again, write it down and ask yourself, what am I thirsty for? What is the ache of my heart? What are the, the desires of myself? What is going on in me? What am I thirsty for? Please be open and, and honest and take some moments in the week ahead and sit down with you, your journal and with God. How well is your soul and what are you thirsty for? Write it down. Keep it safe. You know, we're only going to grow. We're only going to become soulful if we are open and honest and intentional. We will only grow when we take this seriously. So let's take advantage of what is available to us a loving relationship with our Heavenly Father. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity, for the invitation to partner with you, to journey with you, to learn from you. Father, thank you that you knitted together each one of us 
Your word says in our innermost being you formed us, Lord. And so, Lord, you're already at work in deep within our souls. And as we begin this journey to become soulful people. Lord, fill us with your spirit. Help us to be open and honest with each other, with ourselves and with you. And Lord, we commit this journey to you and pray, Lord, that we will grow, we will thrive and we will become healthy, soulful people. Amen.